Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And a boxing day to forget for Southampton as the Saints lose 3-0 at home to Brighton as Premier League football returns here to St Mary's. Now here to join us to discuss the match we have Joe Prince-Wright and Dean Hammond alongside us. Dean, we'll come to you first. Obviously not the return we wanted to Premier League football here at home. What did you make of the game? Yeah, frustrating, um, Steve. Unfortunately, like you say, it's not the uh, the return that we we potentially wanted or envisioned happening in, in Nathan's first game at home. Um, I have to say, I thought Brighton were excellent, um, performed very very well. They're a, they're a dangerous team that are, are full of confidence and um, approach the game in, in, in a manner that we probably didn't expect without a traditional striker um, and kind of swamped the middle of the field and kept possession of the ball. Um, but probably just a few too many individual mistakes from the Southampton players um, that, that cost you at this level, unfortunately. Um, and it was just an uphill battle. Brighton scored at good times for them, um, difficult times for Southampton. Even though Southampton started the game you know, very, very well in the first couple of minutes um, of both halves, really, and had half opportunities or openings to, to maybe do a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think the frustration and disappointment would be that um, Brighton just looked a little bit of a, a level above, if, if I'm honest. Um, but a more experienced team, a team that's been together a little bit longer, um, and they showed that today. So look, frustrations all round, but we have to remember that um, Nathan Jones has been brought to the football club because the, the team has not been winning. Um, so he hasn't got a magic wand. He's not going to be able to change things instantly. Um, there's been issues this season and that's why he's come into the football club to try and implement a new um, philosophy, a new way to try and win games. Um, but the disappointment will be that um, Brighton played some brilliant football but weren't a huge threat and didn't have to do too much in the goals. Uh, and I think that's what I mean by the individual errors, um, except for the third goal, which was obviously a wonder strike. Um, but yeah, lots to work on, but... I suppose the one positive that Nathan will have learned a lot about his players today, um, um, which he can take away and, and move forward with. But yeah, disappointment and frustration, I think. And what about yourself, Joe? What did you make of the game? Very similar thoughts to Dean, to be honest. I think it was just the case of Brighton scored at very bad times. The Saints and those mistakes, like we said before the game, just stay in games, don't beat yourself. And, and Saints just kind of gave Brighton a 2-0 lead there with what Dean mentioned there. They didn't really have to do a lot, did they? They didn't really come flying out the traps and weren't uh, too dominant, but they were just slick and clinical whenever they got those opportunities. And, and Saints kept toying away and in the second half were much better. Uh, but again, when those big moments arrived, it was just that lack of a final touch. Uh, and I think generally just a lack of confidence. It was very similar to before the World Cup break in a lot of ways. And that's kind of understandable. This is a team that even to, towards the end of last season as well, lost a lot of games. Um, I think it's very hard to get confidence back. This doesn't happen overnight. So, again, Nathan Jones got a lot of work to do. Um, I think we saw about four or five different formations today. So many subs coming on, a lot of things chopping and changing. So it's very much uh, still early days. But as we all know, we've got to get some more points on the board. So got to cut out the defensive mistakes and uh, then take the chances when they come because there were a few chances. But Let's... Um, a very... Uh, I'm just going to say, Kenzie, a very uh, well-deserved victory for Brighton. Sorry. Well, before we get into more detail on the game, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solon.
Good afternoon from a cold but bright St Mary's on a perfect winter's day for Boxing Day football. Tomo's on the ball now in the box. This is dangerous. Faced by Lianko, beats him twice, shoots right-footed right in front of Bazunu and it bounces off his chest and goes behind for a corner. The former Saint flicks and turns and plays it out to Solly March. March from the edge of the box, crosses, flick from Lallana, he scores! And he doesn't celebrate against the club he was at for nearly a decade. As Esther Pinyan gets it, low cross, Bazunu missed it, it's 2-0, it might be an own goal, it might be Solly March's first goal of the season, either way, it's Saints nil, Brighton 2, as the tackle from Diallo can't get there before Mitoma does, and the ball headed back towards Mitoma, Bazunu stayed on his line, Mitoma drills it and it goes across the six-yard box, and it's so close to 3-0 for Brighton, as the cross comes in towards Shea Adams, chests it down nicely, here's the dozy again, Brilliant block by Lewis Dunk, just dropped straight in front of him. Saints have been working to get back in this game in the first nine minutes of the second half, or ten minutes now. It hasn't worked yet, and Brighton are attacking once more. Looking for a goal at the northern end, and Solly March scores an absolute screamer! He has curled that left-footed high into the roof of the net from fully 25 yards. As Adozi skips past Carcedo, a great run into the box on the left. Goes past two, I don't think it's a penalty, it is! Referee says it is! And he could do with this, James Ward-Prowse, right-footed. 17 minutes to go, saved by Sanchez and the follow-up nodded in by Ward-Prowse. Well, he couldn't have made harder work than that if he tried, but he kept his nerve. Tamara, inside left, 30 yards out, cuts it onto his right foot, he wants to curl it. He didn't curl it, he shot and it just carried on going straight and out five, seven yards wide for a goal kick. We will briefly discuss the goals we conceded, I'm afraid. So we'll start with Brighton's first goal from Adam Lalana. He's a player you know well, of course, Dean. I do. And um, look, Adam is a very, very good player, technically gifted. Um, did Southampton make it a little bit easy for him today at times, I think. Um, but he's a gifted player. He gets himself into to dangerous position, positions, um, uses that football intelligence that, that he has. And that the goal came from that. You know, he gets in between the midfield players and, and the centre-half, so it's very difficult to pick him up. When he receives the ball, he's very, very aware of where he is. He's got that lovely Cruyff turn that we all know about, um, plays it out wide and then kind of drifts into the box. Um, I think Perro can get closer to, to prevent the cross comes in and, and Diallo is with Adam uh, and then allows him to, to kind of drift into the box, doesn't follow his runner. If you look at it on the replay, he's ball watching a little bit. The centre-halves don't anticipate Adam running into the box. They're just kind of covering an area um, and not a player within the, the, the dangerous position of the, of the box. And Adam gets a good contact with the header, but... Um, we've just touched on it, me and Joe, those, those individual errors at his level. Bazunu, he needs to save that, and he knows that. I don't need to save that, say that. He's fully aware that it's a, an individual mistake, uh, probably a, a comfortable save, a little bit of rustiness, but no excuse. Um, and he'll be honest enough, I'm, I'm sure that he would have held his hands up in, in the dressing room and apologised to the players. Um, but yeah, it, it came at a, a time where the game was pretty even. Um, but Brighton were kind of building into it, building a little bit of momentum. And then it's very, very difficult, Kenzie, because from that moment when Brighton are leading, they keep the ball, ball as well as anyone in this division. Uh, and the, the possession stats, I think, at 
at some point it was like 78 percent to, to brighton for an away team is huge and something you wouldn't expect so being one nil up um was a disappointment and frustration and like joe says southampton at times this season are beating themselves um and when you're not playing well um you're not creating chances you've got to stay in the game and and they've not been able to do that today um, and on quite a few occasions this season. But look, you live and learn, and Basuna is a, is a good goalkeeper, and he's had some very good performances this season. So I hope he doesn't beat himself up. We all make mistakes, um, and that's just one individual mistake that he's made there. Now, Brighton's second was an own goal from Roman Perro, and it, it didn't seem like there was much you could do about that, Joe. Not really, Steve. It was a good move down the left. Uh, Purvis Estepinan with a great cross into a dangerous area. I think Bazuno then again, maybe just reeling from that mistake for the first goal, could have maybe been a little bit more confident to come off his line. I mean, it was the ball was whipped into that corridor of uncertainty in between the centre-backs and the goalkeeper, but it was only a couple of yards out. So maybe you'd like to see him be a bit more confident and come out and claim it or push it out. But kind of got caught in two minds there. I think he got a slight fingertip on it, which then just deflected the ball onto... Perro's shin knee area and it looked like maybe without that touch from Bazuno he would have been able to clear it um, so again just uh, some individual mistakes but initially again it was as Dean mentioned Brighton keeping the ball well after that opening goal played it well down the left hand side and then I think Ward Prowse was trying to cover and get back and provide some defensive cover there on the right hand side of our defence but just wasn't quite enough and at that point uh, Brighton again more clinical more quality in the final third and um, I guess just kind of showed Saints what you need to do when you get in those opportunities uh, in the final third. So not much Perot could do about that. Um, and again, it's the kind of goal that happens when you're down towards the bottom of the table, isn't it? Well, the third goal for Brighton was an, an absolute worldie from Solly March. And Dean, that kind of felt like game over at that point, didn't it? It did, Kenzie. And um, it came to a point again where Southampton had started the second half very, very well. And had those half chances um, with with Adozi, um, especially the first one um, could have done a little bit better, and then the second one a really good block from from Lewis Dunk. Um, but it's a, it's a brilliant strike from from Solly March, and he had a very good game today. He was very very dangerous. Um, but I have to be honest, I think there's a frustration there and an understanding from from the players that Solly March is is so one footed in terms of his left foot, you just got to get him on the outside. And he comes inside. I think he's allowed to come inside from Cole Peters. He's passed on to, to James Ward-Prowse. He keeps allowed to come inside. Then he's got a little bit too much time to compose himself. It's a wonderful strike. It really is. And it looks fantastic. And the, and the goalkeeper has no chance. But again, with the two central defenders, they have not really got anyone to mark. And they're kind of just marking space. They've got to be more a little bit more proactive, a little bit more aware and come out and squeeze the ball. He's not going to look for a, a pass to squeeze through to put an on-running striker and he's always going to strike it or, or pass the ball wide. So you've got to get that pressure on and come out and anticipate it. Um, and they're the things that Nathan will see. He will see that, he'll be able to speak to the players. These are the things you need to get across to the players and learn from these mistakes. And when you're feeling pain as a, a collective group and as individuals, this is where you've got to learn and improve. And you get the chance to do that. And, and they will have that chance. And look, Nathan's very, very passionate and will get that across to the players. But it's a brilliant strike. It really is. But another thing, I think it could be prevented. It could be prevented. Either send him down the outside and force him to cross with his right foot or bring him back inside and make him play wide and get out to the ball a little bit quicker. And 
just needs a little bit more energy, a little bit more desire to defend. Like I just mentioned with a dozy shot where Lewis Dunk makes a fantastic block. Lianko, Salas, who have got to do something very, very similar when Solly marches on the edge of the Southampton box. Well, Sam Adozi was a player that we were speaking about before the game and it was his trickery that won Southampton a penalty that ultimately led to the consolation goal. Joe, what did you make of Sam's overall performance today? Excellent, Steve. I thought he was brilliant when he came on against Lincoln, uh, against Liverpool before the break. He almost scored and I think basically did everything other than scoring a goal for himself. So um, Brighton didn't quite know how to handle him. Veltman eventually got around to figuring him out in the first half. But then when he moved more centrally in the second half, he was popping up here, there and everywhere and just causing problems. And uh, yeah, I think just if he had that little bit of um, composure, he would have, he had two chances right at the start of the second half when it was only 2-0 to Brighton. And if one of those goes in, it, it would have been a different story, I think, in the game. But um, he has that quality and he's so young, drop of a shoulder, kind of reminds me of Robert Perez as a winger, the way he just, you know, not the quickest, but just just seems to bamboozle defenders just with his movement and just dipping the shoulders low and um, a great throwback winger and really gets the fans off their seats every time he gets the ball. So you don't want him to lose that as a player. Just keep being confident, keep getting on the ball, keep driving forward. I think he's going to be a big player for Saints this season and for the future. Um, so a really good addition. And uh, yeah, did really well to win the penalty. Got into some great uh, opportunities in and around the box to get his shot off or or have a strike on goal. And it's just that final piece of the jigsaw now for him to to put one of those chances away. And I think once he does, Steve, he'll be a player that will thrive off that. And we could see him go on a really good run in terms of goal scoring and assists. But uh, honestly, the, the main bright spot for Southampton today was the, the performance of Samuel Adozi. Yeah, he's certainly an exciting player, isn't he? Uh, now, Dean, I'd love to circle back to something you mentioned earlier. You said that the positive from today's match was that Nathan Jones would have learned a lot from his side. What are those learnings that you were speaking about? Because it, it didn't go to plan for him today. Well, I think the biggest thing, Kenzie, you'll learn a lot about the player's personality and, and character. Um, when things aren't going as as planned or as well as you want, you'll, you'll see the reaction from, from the individual players. You'll see the reaction... On the pitch, the reaction in in the dressing room, which is, which is important because you need all different types of players to be successful. Um, and I think maybe the system, you know, I think he, Nathan wants to play free at the back. I think that's what he wants to do. Why he didn't do that today, he'll have his reasons. Whether that's because he was playing against Brighton um, and he wanted to approach the game differently, but I would love to see Nathan impose his style impose his philosophy of what why he's come to the football club not to more, maybe just line up against the opposition and nullify the opposition I want this is a want as a Southampton fan I want to see a, a team that you can identify with a team that you kind of the players can understand what the manager wants and I think that comes from having a consistent formation having a consistent message on the training ground of this is how we're going to play this is how we're going to attack. This is how we're going to set up defensively. Joe's mentioned it. Changing system during games is good. It's all part of the modern game. But I think you need to get the basics and the foundations right first. And I, I think I want to see that from, from Nathan as a manager because that's why he's come to the football club because what how the success he's previously had at Luton and they would have had a structure and a philosophy and that's how they won games. Now, we need to be patient with him. We need to allow to give him time because... Like we say, the, the reason he's at the football club is because we we weren't having success. So a change was was needed. Um, so I think we may need some 
some short-term pain to get that longer-term success that we all crave and we all want. That's difficult in the Premier League. That's difficult with Southampton in the position they are. But the league is still tight. And I actually think if we take a little bit of short-term pain and, and work out the system, the best players that Nathan wants and get the players up to speed and, and understanding, then, then we will be fine. Um, but a, a little bit of short-term pain for all of us as fans, as as lovers of the club, it is probably needed and we need to be patient and support the manager in this time. Yeah, we were all quite positive, weren't we, when the squad was announced earlier and interested to see how the game would pan out, maybe a few surprises in there. Joe, what didn't quite work out today and what do you think should be addressed when they go back to Staplewood for the training sessions? Steve, I think it's defensively again. I mean, you're looking at the table, conceding nearly two goals a game on average, um, and only one team in the Premier League has conceded more goals this season. So you have to get better at the back and you have to give you, yourself a chance to win games. I mean, looking at some of the stats, I mean, Saints are nearly double the amount of expected goals as uh, Brighton today. They had uh, great opportunities, just can't finish them off. And I think sometimes it's something you can't really work on on a training ground. It's that confidence, it's that belief and... Um, it's really, really difficult to get as a unit and as a group. So um, I really liked when Aribo and Stuart Armstrong came on at halftime, very positive from Nathan Jones. And I'd like to see more ball carriers and players who can keep the ball and just, just take some pressure off the defensive unit. I think that was much better in the second half to have that and just give Saints a little bit more confidence that they can keep the ball, build, go forward. And then we know that Shea Adams can finish chances. We know that James Ward-Prowse can pop up in the right areas. And we've seen the talent of Sam Adozi today and what he can deliver. So um, I think defensively, Steve, that's the main improvement. I had to cut out these silly mistakes. Um, and if you look at the game today, one big mistake from Gavin Bazuna for the first goal, a screamer from Solly March for the other. And then is it an even game? Probably, but you've given Brighton a couple of goal lead and they're going to be much more confident than playing out the back and playing with a lot of creativity. So Saints need to, like I said, just work on defensive shape, whatever that is, four at the back, three, five at the back, whatever they're going to go with and get some kind of identity back. Because at the moment, and, and let's not forget, it is a team of players that have played for one manager for nearly four years. And now they're playing or being asked to play a very different style, new voices, a lot of new ideas. It's going to take time, like Dean said. So um, it, all is not lost, but um, there needs to be a lot of really hard, work especially defensively on the training ground I think to, to move forward as a club and as a team this season well let's hear from Nathan Jones now here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game look we were poor today um, in terms of uh, overall performance we, we, we were poor in the, in the big moments of the game we, we weren't good enough when we had chances we didn't take them when, when we had to defend our box we didn't and uh, you know the two goals were really really poor and they come out of, out of nothing really you know they it's, it's, it's poor goals to give away and we have to stop doing that because one, we're not defending our box well enough and two, we're making errors that are costing, our, cost, costing us goals and we have to be better because at the minute we're not keeping clean sheets and since I've been here we've scored in every game but we haven't kept the clean sheets so we've, we've always needed at least two to, to get something out of the game and that's, that's not good enough. Especially frustrating because they haven't gone and created a whole lot in the first half, have they? And yet they're 2-0 up at half-time. Look... The, the, they had one chance early, early on when when Mitoma when Gavard to make a save for Mitoma from a from point bank angle, but um, a tight angle. But apart from that, no, they haven't. And, and the goals they have, you know, we scored an own goal against Lincoln. We scored an own goal tonight. It's a soft goal, the first one, and and, and that's poor. We've got to be better than that. 
Can you take something from how you pushed at the end of the game and, and tried to get back into it and put them under some pressure? Well, you have to take any positive, you know, you can, but we reacted after half-time and, and had a few chances, but you know, we can't keep chasing games, we have to be in games, you have to do basics better, we have to work, we have to be better in terms of uh, uh, how, we, how we defend, and then in possession we've got to be better as well. You know, we worked on a load of things this week, and, and that they weren't brave enough to do that and look that's going to take a little bit of time we know that because they've they've not been you know it's not a confident side you know with the greatest respect Roberto took over a really confident side that that, that had been together with, with Graham for a long time I'm taking over a side that's 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 low in confidence so we have to build that up and make sure that we're positive with them and make sure we keep working and then look to get the results we can. Not long to go until their next fixture, Dean. It is, of course, Fulham on New Year's Eve. What are your early thoughts ahead of that game? Well, another another tough game like they all are in the Premier League. I think Fulham have won 2-3-0 today um, against Crystal Palace. So they've had a really good start to, to the season um, and they're a good team. They really, really are. So it's going to be another tough test. Um, but I, I'd like to see a reaction. I think I'll, I was, as a player, I always felt that that was needed, a reaction. You can't, I say it, I'm probably repeating myself, you can't control the result. You can't. You can play well and not win, and you can play badly and win. So you can't control that. But a reaction from the players, uh, um, and Joe mentioned there, an identity and approach, and see some of the ideas that we can see that Nathan's working on and, and coming to fruition and, and seeing it in the game. That doesn't guarantee goals. That doesn't guarantee results. But then it's progress. And I think at the moment, under a new manager, you want to see progress. You want to see... Okay, I can see where this team is heading. I can see what we're trying to do. And again, that takes time. But if we can do that bit by bit, then I think that this, this team will be all right. Because we've seen it. Look, the, the result against Chelsea in the season is not a fluke. The other performance we've seen this season, they're not a fluke. The players can do it. They can compete in this league and they compete against any team in, in this league. So they know they can do it. It's that magic word. It's that confidence that, that Joe uses. And it's magic in football. If you've got confidence, you feel... A, you know, 10 foot tall and you feel like the best player in the world and that takes time and that comes with results. So maybe digging a result out against Fulham is, is what's needed. But just seeing those few ideas and them being a little bit more solid, conceding less goals and building from there, I think is important and get against Fulham in the next fixture for Southampton. Yeah, it was a big win for Fulham today. 3-0, as you say, Dean, against Crystal Palace, albeit helped uh, by Palace getting two red cards. Fulham sit eighth in the Premier League, Joe. So, you know, Southampton do have a tough tough task sorry, ahead of them when they go to Craven Cottage. Yeah, Fulham's the team I watch a lot of uh, with my role of NBC, a lot of American players there. So I um, know a lot about them. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. You've got to stop the supply line to Mitrovic. Uh, they're going to play quite direct. They're going to get their wingers high. They're going to put you under a lot of pressure. But there are some opportunities on the counter-attack um, for Saints. So if they can be more resolute defensively, stay in the game until, you know, 50, 60th minute and uh, just hold on to something if it's level. And then I think there's going to be some opportunities because Fulham, like Dean mentioned, have had a great season. Their fans will be uh, going into this one thinking, oh, we can get another three points to end the year on a high and keep pushing. And at the moment, they're talking about potentially European qualification. So it shows you how quickly things can turn around. But the one thing Fulham have is a solid defensive base, solid foundation, hard to play against. And that's what I want to see Saints get back to. I think we saw it at times over the last few seasons, but we haven't seen it enough. And uh, I really want to see that identity, that kind of that hard to beat identity that Nathan Jones said when he was appointed that he, he wants to bring into Southampton. He obviously had it at Luton in the past as well. Be tough to beat. That's all I want to see from Saints on New Year's Eve. 
give themselves a chance to win a game. And I think they have enough quality with some of the players I mentioned, more Prowse Adams and others, that if they get a chance, they can take it. So I'm, st- I'm still staying positive as always. But, um, you know, it's been, it's been a tough uh, few months and uh, hopefully now we can start to, you know, turn the page on 2022 and uh, look ahead to 2023 of a big win at Fulham and uh, just get that confidence, that belief flowing. Because once that happens, like Dean said, it's magic in football. And sometimes all it takes is one win or a goal going off someone's backside and, and then you're absolutely rolling and flying. So trying to keep the positive vibes. Well, Josine, thank you. Always a pleasure to have your company. Joe, all the best at the Emirates this evening. And uh, Dean, we'll let you get back to the cheese board. Uh, but as we've mentioned, the next fixture for Southampton is the last day of 2022 away to Fulham. That's a 3pm kickoff. So we'll be with you live from 1.45. Join us then. Bye for now. See you soon.